Welcome to the Victorious Life TV broadcast. I'm Lisa Boldo, and we've got a super special guest joining us tonight. This program is going to be such a blessing to you tonight. But first, I want to ask you a question. Have you ever found yourself in a desperate situation? Do sometimes answers to your prayers seem somewhat disappointing? What about the miracle that you've been longing to see? Maybe you really just don't know how to position yourself for a miracle. When John Smith, the 14-year-old uh, teenage boy, fell through the ice, was declared dead, right? He walked out of the hospital 16 days later. And our guest tonight, Pastor Jason Noble, was witness to this. So we are so blessed, so honored to have you, Pastor Jason, joining us tonight. Welcome to the Victorious Life broadcast. Thank you. It's great to be here, Lisa. Glad to be a part of what's going on and excited to be able to talk to your listeners and you tonight. Oh, praise God. Praise God. So, Pastor Jason, um, first of all, the movie Breakthrough, phenomenal. Your book, phenomenal. And all I have to say is I believe that both should be a part of every believer's library. Oh my goodness. And so I'm very excited to talk to you tonight. I know our viewers are very excited, you know, to, to hear what you have to say. So let me just ask you, what is it that led you to become a pastor? So I've had a call in my life. I actually was called to ministry uh, in New York City when I was 16 years old. Mm -hmm. My dad was on Metro Ministries board. Uh, Metro buses in about 16,000 kids every weekend. And I went with him for a board meeting. And I felt at that moment that God had called me into ministry and really um, to make a difference in people's lives. And so from that point forward, I was pretty laser focused on doing exactly what he called me to do. Wow, that's amazing. So the book, Breakthrough to Your Miracle, it's it's based on the, you know, around the true miraculous story of John Smith, the teenage boy who fell through the ice, drowned, was declared dead, but God brought him back to life. And yes. you're so you're so closely connected to this story. Tell us what you witnessed. Yeah, so I mean, he was under for 15 minutes. Um they pulled him out dead worked on him for another 45 minutes, no pulse, no oxygen. At an hour and eight minutes, they got ready to call time of death. And if you know anything about drowning or you've been around it, most people don't make it. The majority of people mm -hmm. that experience drowning um, and go under the water, I mean, really after about two minutes, there's only a 90, there's about a 1% chance that they would ever come back from that. And John, here John was 15 minutes under the water, 45 minutes, an hour and eight total, they got ready to call time of death. And they called Joyce in the room and she walked into the room. And at that very moment, she refused to accept the death sentence over her son. She grabbed his feet, his cold, dead feet. And she cried out to the Lord, Holy Spirit, bring my son back to life. And at that moment, I mean, every machine came back to life in that in that operate or in that ER. And I mean, really, that was just the beginning, though. You know, sometimes when God does a miracle, it, you know, what we found is that it's one miracle at a time and you have to fight for that miracle. You have to fight for what what really God wants to do. And we call it kind of a tapestry of miracles. John um, was still they, they had to airlift him down to Cardinal Glennon mm -hmm. Hospital in St. Louis. He was still brain dead. The doctor said about a one percent chance that he would make it overnight. If he did, he would be a vegetable for the rest of the rest of the rest of his life. 
And it's at that moment that I came in. I'm the family's pastor. I'd been their pastor for about three months at that point. Um, and I walked in and Joyce said, Pastor, we need you to go in and pray. We've just gotten word uh, that, that John's not going to make it. I mean, they were actually preparing his body for organ transplants. There was a kid down on the, the floor below him that needed a heart, and they were already testing that. Um, I mean, there was just no hope. Every organ had a catastrophic failure. There was about 10 different things going on in his body at that point. Um, his muscles exploded into the bloodstream. And you know what? We just really said, okay, God, we're going to take you at your word. We're going to walk into this room and we're going to pray two things. We're going to pray, Lord, first of all, um, breathe your breath of life into his lungs because it was his lungs and his brain that were the issue. And so we started to pray that and I got down, we got down by his head and his eyes kind of opened up. And at that moment I turned back and I looked in the room and there were two angels that were standing floor to ceiling. Right. I mean, literally like they were on guard and I'd seen they, those same two angels in a hospital room four years earlier in Port Angeles, Washington, where I got called in uh, to an 85-year-old lady's bedside who had never given her heart to the Lord. Her daughter called me and said, my mom has 15 minutes to live. She's been in a coma for the last day. Will you come in and pray for her? And I got down by her ear and I said, ma'am, like you are on the edge of eternity. Like this is when, uh, like you got to give your heart, heart to the Lord now. I mean, like you have 15 minutes left to live. And she wasn't awake, but I felt her squeeze my hand. I said, squeeze my hand if you want to make that decision. And as she squeezed my hand, I turned around and I saw those same two angels in her room. And literally, we watched her gray, her gray, cold body. Like you started to see the color to come back in her body. 15 minutes, she had woke up and she said, man, I've given my life to the Lord. And the next day she walked out. And so as I turned back to John, I said, God, like you're doing something in this room. He overbreathed his respirator. And of course, the nurses are like, oh, that's typical. That's what they do. You know, uh, people trying to naysay, you know, people trying to convince us that God hadn't done anything, but we knew. And then we continued to pray, Lord, you're our creator. You're still a creator. You created the heavens and the earth. That's still who you are. Will you recreate John's brain? You know him. He was wonderfully and fearfully made. Uh, and over his head, I saw like a million colors. And it was like God was knitting his brain back together. And I told one of the pastors that were in the room, Brad Riley, one of my good friends, I told him, I said, man, like God is working. You could literally feel like, almost like the electricity in the room, like knitting his brain back together again. And it was at that moment after that, after we prayed, that John opened his eyes, his shoulders came off the bed, and I saw life. You can look into people's Ooh. eyes, and you can always see when there's life. And so I walked out to Joyce, and at that moment, we both agreed. Joyce said it. She said, my son will walk out of this hospital. We don't know how. We don't know when. I said the same thing. We are going to hold on to life. We're going to believe that Jesus walked into that room and touched John. And so... From there, I was with them till about three in the morning. Uh, it was a uh, it was a Monday night. Came back in the next morning, and as we walked in uh, to John's room, I asked the doctor. I said, "Is there any change?" He said, "Nope, no change. It was the same thing." But I knew what I'd seen the night before. Yeah, I knew God had had done something, and so walked into his bedside, and I said, "Pastor or John, this is Pastor Jason." And tears started rolling down his eyes, and I said, "Here's this fourteen year old boy laying in front of me," and I said do you want me to stay with you? And he shook his head. Yes. And I told Joyce again, he is walking out of here. And you know what? We did not let go of that. Um, we prayed about probably that was Monday by about Thursday. Um, by the time we came in, the nurses handed us a list of prayer requests. And we prayed that literally went around the world by that <laughs> evening. 
every one of those lists, every one of those requests have been met. And so as we were looking at it, you know, from, I mean, God just showed up in such a powerful way. Um, that Thursday, we had the nurses come in, the doctor came in and said, listen, like everybody in the Midwest, um, there's nobody with clear lungs. And especially with what John, like all the lake water he took in. I mean, they said they'd never seen somebody take water in like John had. And he, they said, we think that he probably has an infection in his lungs. So again, the prayer requests went around the world. I mean, it was, you know, every setback was met with, okay, we're going to pray. We're going to believe we're, we're holding on. We're trusting God. Literally within five hours, the doctor came back and the scenes in the movie, he said, he said, his lungs are completely sterile. They are completely clear. There's no sign of any infection. And so by that Friday, I actually got a call from a lady who also said, Hey, pastor Jason, I was praying. And when I prayed on Monday night, I saw two angels in John's room. Were those angels in his room? I said, yes, I saw them too. And she said, those were the same. She was 50 years old. Those were the same two angels that had been in my room when I was 16 years old. And I, the doctor said I was dying and completely turned around. So we just saw God show up time after time. So the timeline was this. John went into the hospital. Three days in, he woke up. Seven days after that, they took the ventilator out. Seven days after that, he went home. 40 days later, he was cleared by all doctors. And so the movie was written. Um, there's a great book called Breakthrough that goes along with Breakthrough to Your Miracle. I say get both of them. You know, the book that goes along with the movie is so much even stronger too uh, that Joyce wrote. But yeah. you know, what God told us is he said, listen, I want you to share what you learned walking through this. And as we walked through it, he really spoke to my heart and he said, listen, there's no equation for a miracle. Like you can't go A plus B equals C, but there's things that you can do to position yourself for a miracle. And that's what, that's what he really spoke to us about sharing with people. And, you know, across America, we travel and speak. We're almost out every weekend. Um, in fact, if you'd like us to come to your church, we'd love to come and share with what, with you, what God told us and the whole story. But across America, one of the things that we see is people are so desperate for breakthroughs. They are. Many times when that when the doctors say, "Listen, there's nothing else we can do," right? And that's what that moment. I always say when they say there's nothing else that that we can do, that's the moment that God can step in. And so, really unpacking that, really looking at that, we've had people ask us, "Well, you know, I prayed for my loved one and they died. Does yeah. that mean I didn't have enough faith? Does that mean that um, you know that um, I did something wrong?" And the answer to that is. You know what? Heaven is a part of life just as much as death. And really the most important miracle that can happen is, is that somebody saved. And when somebody is saved and they experience salvation, that means that heaven is on is in eternity. And that means that that's where they're headed. And so for us, you know, we're all going to face death. You know, John will die. Lazarus has died. I mean, and so with that, it's like, okay, God, the greatest miracle is eternity. And so when somebody prays and their loved one goes to heaven, that doesn't mean that God doesn't heal. They were healed right. and they stood before the throne. And so really talking that through and saying, okay, what do we need to do to understand and how do we stand in faith? And what, you know, what are those things that we can do to position ourselves for a miracle? Let me just um, ask you real quick, because one thing that I heard a couple of things, when you were telling the story about what you witnessed, one thing that I heard was, you never let go of the word of God, but you were actually speaking the word of God over yeah. John while you were saying, Lord, show us. And yeah. you held on to that end result 
not knowing exactly how God was going to do it, but you held on to the end result. And that's all you stayed focused on no matter what. It was like there was no room for the doubt or for anything else. So I just want to say that stood out to me. But okay, so you started to talk about what is it, what does it mean to position yourself for a miracle? Yeah. And so when when I when we after the story, the Lord really set me on a journey yeah. in the New Testament to say, okay, I wanted to look at all the all the miracles and what people did uh, to really catch God's attention, yeah. how miracles happen. And one of the things the Lord really showed me is every miracle in the New Testament, there was always somebody that God chose to partner with, a human being. Like we become his partner and his conduit. And you see in scripture, they always would position themselves for a miracle by what they did, by how they responded. Did they fall apart in fear or rise up in faith? Right. And that's what we wanted to encourage people. So positioning yourself for a miracle, you know, a couple of things. One, you got to speak life over your situation. You can't speak death. So many people, the Bible tells us the power of life and death is in the tongue. What comes out of here is powerful. In fact, it's literally hardwired from the beginning of the world. When God came along and he created the heavens and the earth, what did he do? Did he get all busy and try to do it? No, he spoke it into being. And so what comes out of our words and out of our mouth, I mean, even in Ezekiel, when you go to the Valley of Dry Bones, what did they, what did the prophet do? He spoke to those bones and they came back to life. I think so many times we get busy trying to do it on our own and we speak death over our situation and wonder why death happens. Mm-hmm. And so with that, speaking life, and what does that mean? Because I think some people have misunderstood that concept. Mm-hmm. Uh, what we encourage people is, let's say you're in a financial issue. Let's say finances are struggling. Go to the scripture, pull out every scripture about finances and start speaking that out over your situation. Maybe it's health. Go to the go to the scripture, pull out every scripture about your health and start mm-hmm. speaking it out. You know, when you're speaking life, you can't speak death. Right. And one other thing, Pastor Jason, let me just interject agreement, because it's so easy for someone to come along and then for you to go, oh, yeah, me too. And then you jump on the bandwagon. Next thing you know. Right. Yeah, totally. And you need to surround. I mean, that's a big piece of this. Who do you surround yourself with? Like, are you surrounding yourself with doubters? I've heard some people say, well, you know, I've been given the gift of criticism. That is not a spiritual gift. (laughs) Criticism. And it seems like in our world, we've lost. Um, we've lost the power of words. And when you speak that out, so it's so important who you agree with. I think also so many times miracles happen one small miracle at a time. It's not the big miracle that you're praying for. It's a journey. And with that, you know, some people get so discouraged when it doesn't happen right away. Timing is so important and you never know what God's doing behind the scenes working in your situation and working in your life. You know, I think there's so much to be said about God's process, God's timing, mm-hmm. that things take longer than what we expect, you know, and those that's sometimes hard because that means that there's some suffering. It means that there's some difficulties that come along, but that doesn't mean that God doesn't love you and that he's not in the middle of everything. And so with that, you know, sometimes, sorry, Pastor Jason, sometimes there is a waiting season. There is. What can we do to protect our heart during that waiting season? Because people come along and say, ah, you know, you're, you know, the, the time for the miracles passed. Like, what, what are you doing? You're in denial. You're stay close to Jesus. I'm just saying, like, if you stay close to him yeah. and just say, I mean, no matter 
and so many times you have to go by what you know, not by what you see. And so in that, I encourage people, stay close to him. Get some people in your life who are going to speak life over you. You know, it, it might mean that you have to change friends for a season and just go, listen, I'm not going to listen to doubters. Right. And the other thing is, I think we have to be so careful because we love to dictate and say to God, this is how, you know, I'm only going to trust you if you do it my way. Yeah. I'm only going to trust you if the outcome is my way. And you know what we said is, God, whatever the outcome is, we trust you. Whatever the outcome is, yeah. you know, some people say, hey, would you still believe that God heals if John would have died? Yes. Yes. I definitely believe yeah. that God would have healed. In fact, like I changed people's vocabulary. Some people said, well, I prayed and I guess God didn't want to heal him. He took him home. No, he healed him. As they walked across the throne to heaven. He, that's the truth. That is him. the truth. And you know yeah. something? I always feel like too that that because sometimes someone might not have the faith to believe or for whatever reason, they go yeah. home to be with the Lord. But guess what? You're right. They were healed because they believed in Jesus. And the second last breath here, next breath there, yeah. they were healed. And then they will know the truth as well because we never yeah. stop learning. Even there, we're still going to be learning, right? This is a stopover. Yeah. I mean, like this is a place, you know, I mean, when you stop and think about it, I guarantee you when somebody dies and goes home, they probably never would want to come back. They you know? Exactly. I mean, and so like the way back, they're like, hey, man, you know, but that's where we're all headed. And we can't act like eternity mm -hmm. is second best or is not. I mean, like that's where we're headed. If you're a believer and that's what you believe, we can't be sad when a loved one dies. I mean, we can walk. Because we miss them. You know, my mom went home to be with the Lord like six months ago. And it, it's the, but I miss yeah. her. That's really the thing. But then, you know, and I'll cry because I miss, I want to hug her. But yep. then at the same time, then I come back to, I know where she is. I know she's happy. I know she's with her mom and her dad, you know what I mean? And her loved ones. Yep. And then sometimes you get a dream and it's just, you know, so well, but, yeah. I think what people have to, what we have to remember too is Jesus knows what we feel like when we grieve, yes. we can run to him. I mean, yes. look at the scripture, the, the shortest scripture was Jesus wept. Why was he weeping? He was crying with Lazarus's family. He knows and so, like, we can't discount the fact that, man, when we lose a loved one, yeah. when somebody passes away, man, that's where we have to run. We have to run into his arms. And I've heard people say, well, I'm just mad at God. You know, I'm mad that God would have taken him or taken that person. And I want to encourage people, don't be mad at God. The enemy sits in the corner and he does everything he can. Who came to rob, kill, steal, destroy, right. bring death? It's him. And he loves to point his finger at God and say, well, look what God did. And you know what I tell people all the time? Point your finger right back at him. You need God the most. You can be disappointed with or without God. And I'd say much rather I would be disappointed with God on my side helping me. And every time the enemy wants to tell me that God is not good, I want to take 100 more people to heaven. I want to hit them where it hurts. Amen. You know, Amen. Don't ever be mad at God. God's yeah. not the one. And I, go, and I tell people, too, don't be mad at the only one that can help you. It's like, true. he really. And you know something? Even if someone is mad at him. He still loves them and understands, right? And he will, and he'll show his goodness. And then yep. when they're quiet, he'll show, he'll kill, never stop. You know, yep. and sometimes people that are mad at him end up being the most powerful witnesses for him. So glory to God, right? Now, one thing that stood out to me, and you and I discussed this briefly, that while Joyce was, you know, praying and waiting for the for, for God to completely heal her son, the two of you decided not to let anyone 
near him, near John, or yeah. see any any negativity. You didn't allow anyone to come near him that had any negativity. And man, when I mean that stood out to me because yeah. that, that's that's after my own heart. But yeah. you did the atmosphere of his room. Yeah. I mean, like it, there was just absolutely no negativity allowed. Speak negative, you are not allowed in that room. So good. So good. So how can someone cultivate and build strong faith so that they know that God can and will heal? Definitely. So here's what I think. I think there's a difference between faith and belief. And we don't really talk about that a lot. But I think like faith is like knowing there's a gym. Um, belief is like actually going and working out. Okay, there's a big difference. You can know where the gym's at. But belief, and so I hear a lot of people saying, well, I'm just frustrated because I don't know how to build my faith. Well, scripture says you either have it or you don't. That's You're going to measure it salvation. And so belief, though, is more like a muscle. That's what you can build. When you get into God's word, when you when you get into worship, when you surround yourself, you know, you practice that belief and you say, God, I'm going to I'm going to speak the truth. I'm going to speak out belief over my life. I'm going to look at what your word says. I'm going to dig in in these moments. I'm not going to give into fear. I'm going to rise up to faith. Um, you know, and I think the more you use belief, the more that when you walk into a situation, I think a big part of belief is also looking back to see how many times God's been faithful in your life. And always remembering, no matter what you're facing, to look back, because I promise you, if you look back over your lifetime, man, God's been so faithful. God Even is how many times you've been driving or pulling out of a parking lot or something that you could have, right? Yeah. I'm just saying, God's protection. And the things you don't know that God yeah. protected you from. Things that we wouldn't have even known. But that belief, you know, and so I think if you're like, man, I just don't know how to build my faith. I mean, that's what the disciples asked Jesus. How do we build our faith? And he says, all you need is the size of a mustard seed. And so when you get into a situation and you pray and you're believing with faith and it doesn't happen, you know, so many times the enemy loves to get in our ear and go, well, you must not have had enough faith or other people. And I don't think it has anything to do with that as much as it is like God you know what, whatever you want to do with the outcome, don't let the enemy beat you up in these times by trying to convince you that you don't have enough faith or that you aren't good enough or you didn't do the right thing. Because I think no matter how we approach these times, we can position ourselves for a miracle. Yes. There are times where it's difficult and Jesus lifts us up and he helps us through those times. But I love what you said because in those times where you can just go to God and say, Lord, I don't know how, I don't need to know all the details, but I trust you and I'm going to choose to trust you. And then you can start building that muscle of belief, right? And we, then we love to do God's job. Yeah. I mean, that scene in the movie yeah. where Joyce had to give up control, that yeah. actually happened in my office. That was a scene that truly happened. And we had a long conversation. I've been her pastor for a month and she showed up in my office um, and we had this conversation and, you know, I would never call somebody this, but I just felt like the Lord was saying, man, Joyce, she wants to control her family, her kids. I mean, all of these things. And I just said, Joyce, you have to be careful that you don't partner with that spirit of Jezebel. That, that relative, you know, and she realized it right away. And she just goes, oh, my goodness, I never want to partner with that. And I mean, turn her life around. Mm -hmm. You know, most of the time when your pastor tells you that, a lot of people leave mad. <laughs> yeah, she, yeah. I don't want to partner with that. And I think if she would have continued to partner with that, we'd be telling a completely different story today. And she would tell you that. I mean, yeah. You know, that and you know what stood out to me in the movie, and really not just the movie, but even in real life. Well, you—that was you, you know, in in playing the the guy who played you in the movie 
But it was really amazing to me because even the times when she wasn't so friendly to you in the beginning, yeah, it was like you you were just you showed up like, no, I'm gonna be here for you. Like oh, the comparison. Now, here's the funny thing about that though. So like they actually Joyce and I've never even had an argument. So they made that up. Oh, no, they they added that. But I'll tell you though, I was I was a new young pastor at a 90-year-old church, and all of that stuff that came through Joyce's character was happening. So like it did happen. They just channeled it through her. The other thing I tell women all the time is I would never go in and tear a schedule off the wall and kick the women out of the room. Like I'm not that crazy. I'd be the one going to Starbucks. You know, anyone that knows me knows. Yeah, like, why did he do that? You know? I would never do it. Never. That was great. But you know what? The bottom line was still the compassion all in all. The compassion. You were like, I'm not going anywhere. I'm here. I'm the Lord here. Told me that, that, that morning when John, uh, the tears rolled down his eyes, he said, there are times that I call a pastor to leave the 99 for the one. And that's what I'm calling you to do. I mean, because our church was 700 people. I had board meetings. I had annual business meetings. I mean, like... It was busy, and the Lord just said, "Listen, I'm calling you to step away from that to follow to 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 right. you know, John and Joyce." Praise God, because He had a much bigger assignment out of all of it. Praise God. Now, in the book, we only have a few minutes left, but you share a few modern day miracles. Can you yep. just share like one or two with us quickly? <laughs> yeah, definitely. So, from the principles we taught in the book, um, there was a lady in Port Angeles, Washington, um, who witnessed a car accident she had been working at about till about three in the morning her name is shara an incredible lady but she sees comes out it was christmas eve she comes out to this van that had literally wrapped itself around a pole and inside of that van was a dad and two sons um, one of the sons was bleeding out and Shara just said, I'm going to speak life over him. I'm going to start praying right now. We're going to believe. She took some of the, she took many of the principles that we talk about in the book and um, the things that she, because she had watched along with this. Uh, the, the, the police were saying, yep, there, yep. The police were saying, ma'am, you got to step away. He's going to die. Like he is going to die. And she just refused. She said, I'm not letting this boy die. We're speaking life over him. Um, and literally, uh, after about 20 minutes there, they were trying to cut him out with the jaws of life. Um, she heard him start sputtering and he took his last breath. And she just goes, I am 12 years old, right? Oh. Like, I am not letting this kid die. I speak life over him right now. And within minutes from that, he started coughing, like came back to came back to life. Mm. They finally got him out um, and he had coded multiple times. They'd been praying that airlifted him over to Seattle, Washington where they begin to work on him and they opened him up because they had seen where, where he'd been bleeding from. They opened him up and the, the surgeon after the surgery, the minute they opened him up, he started like bleeding out. I mean, just like all over the table and they got to him quick enough, but the surgeon came out after the surgery and she said, I have never ever seen this happen. The artery that that nicked, the artery that was nicked in this car accident um, literally scabbed over during the flight over to the hospital. She said, I've never seen this happen. And this boy after, I mean, incredible, like his pelvis was completely shattered. And Shara just began to pray for him during this time. And she said, Lord, like, hey, we, we wanna pray right now um, that you would put his pelvis back together. And literally the doctor came in and, uh, like three hours later and said, there's just a little hairline fracture. That's it, his pelvis is put back together again. 
he walked out of the hospital, but it's taking these principles. And again, I'm not saying like, I want your listeners to know this. I'm not saying that every situation is going to turn out like this. Mm-hmm. So don't be disappointed. Don't lose heart. But so many times when you speak, start speaking life and God just shows up and starts to do miracles. Just go for it. Go yeah. after yeah. it. And that uses the heart of God. Because yeah. you're taking him at his word and you're doing it. And the yeah. Holy Spirit wants to flow through you. So praise God. And, and you know, one of the things that every time we looked in those miracles in scripture, mm-hmm. Jesus would end up in the miracle saying, because of your belief, you are healed. Because of your faith, you are healed. And I think that's just such a key point. So powerful. So powerful. So, um, Pastor Jason, could I ask you to pray for our viewers and those who will watch the replay and listen, you know, uh, to the to this interview later on? Yeah, totally. And I want to say this because as I'm just really sitting here and the Lord's dropping in my heart, there's some of your viewers that are watching today that are here. They're facing such difficult times. They've just wondered, God, are you here? And I'm telling you right now, you may not be able to see him, but he's working in your situation. So do not give up. Like, listen, you could be right on the edge of a miracle. Don't give up. Don't give up. Don't give up. We got to stick around and see what the fight was all about. So I want to pray. Let's pray. Jesus, we thank you, God, that you are our healer. Lord, we thank you that you're the God of breakthrough. Lord, that you still do the impossible. Lord, I thank you, Jesus, that you are here right beside us. Lord, for people that are walking through just incredible pain right now. God, they're walking through things that just seem like it's never going to end. Lord, I just pray right now, God, that your spirit would come and you'd encourage them, that you'd strengthen them, Father. Lord, I pray, God, that you would just um, breathe your breath of life, God. I pray that you would breathe into their hearts, into their minds, God. Lord, for some that just feel like they can't even go on today, God, I pray that today you'd give them a fresh start. And Lord, God, that we would look back over our lives and see, uh, Lord, I specifically believe there's somebody here with cancer, Lord, that's going to be listening to this broadcast. Lord, the doctors have said there's nothing else that, that they can do. Father, I thank you that that's when you step in. Lord, for people that have heart issues, for family issues, uh, God, for people that have just gotten bad news in their job, Lord, I thank you, Jesus, that you are the God that provides. You're the God that loves us. You're the God that has everything in your hands. Lord, we trust you with the outcome today. And Lord, I pray that you would just encourage people, Lord, that people would end this time together today with such an encouragement, uh, Lord, that you are still on the throne and God, that you can break through. Lord, help us to never give up, but keep moving forward and to position ourselves for a miracle in your name. Amen. Amen. Woo! Glory to God. That was so awesome. Pastor Jason, thank you so much. And for you viewers, I want to encourage you to grab a copy of Pastor Jason's, I'm going to put it in front of my face, book. It's called Breakthrough to Your Miracle. It's available on Amazon.com. No, really, this book is, I don't even have the words. It's chock full of goodness and practical. It's a field manual. What's that? It's a field manual. When you get into these times, it's easy to forget sometimes. It's that's that field manual. Yeah. Praise God. And also be sure to follow um, Pastor Jason on Facebook and Instagram. You'll you'll find um, just under his name, Jason Noble. I noticed in the in the movie you said, call me Jason. Yes, <laughs> I, I did say that all the time. Yeah. yeah. But so you can find him on Instagram, Facebook, um, and you can also follow, you know, Breakthrough, the movie. Whoops, there we go. 
on um i encourage you to get this as well on amazon you know what get a couple of copies or, or you get that right get it for friends or watch it give it to someone else read it let someone borrow it you know when i let someone borrow a book i tell them two weeks and then i want it back <laughs> you know well so, that's going to be a bible study so get your whole small group and you know do it as a bible study i love it i absolutely love it so pastor jason i want to just say thank you so much again for being our special guest on the broadcast this has been such a blessing to so many people i know this and you know thank you for watching the victorious life tv broadcast and i will see you again next time god bless you and have a great night god bless you jason